Welcome to Teachings in the Air. air, air. podcast with Jerry Oldman, coming to you from Hunkameenam Territory with a podcast series about Indigenous men's health and wellness. We aim to inspire, motivate, and empower Indigenous men to be sound in mind, body, and spirit, because that's what health means. This is Teachings in the Air with Jerry Oldman, coming to you from Brandon, Manitoba. You know the Uchelmich here, and they're acknowledged, they say Treaty 2 and Treaty 4. And then they mention the Dakota, the Anishinaabe, the Cree, the Oji Cree, and the Métis people. And... Uh, Southwestern Manitoba. Today I'm here to talk to you about honoring our nurses, the nurses in Canada. This week is acknowledged as Acknowledge a Nurses Week. So I said, when I seen that on Twitter on Monday, I said, hey, I, I want to do that. I want to acknowledge them. I want to honor them too. I wanted to give a shout-out to the indigenous Inuit and Métis nurses in this country because we have them. And was, as soon as I started to think of acknowledgement and honoring, I had a, a mental image, a vision of our nurse where I'm from, the community I'm from. The nurse there, her name was Rosie Casper. She worked there her whole career as a community health nurse. She graduated in 1953 as a registered nurse. 
in a school in Victoria, BC. When I found that out, like I, I graduated from the same residential school she did, and I didn't go to college or university. And I thought about Rosie, the special, this, that, must, that had to be very, you know, that's a very courageous person to go by herself to become a registered nurse in 1953. You know, I was thinking, wow, I can understand why she's so special. I talked to her a bit about that. She said, yes, after I graduated, I went to my reserve in, in, uh, in our nation, Bridge River, or, or the real name of it's in Hoisten. And she said, yes, when I've done my first rounds, I've done it in horseback. <laughs> you know, and I'm going, whoa, Rosie. Because I, I, that reserve at one time, you know, part of that reserve didn't have roads. That's all they had was trails. So she said to get to the houses, I'd go on horseback. Just with that little story, you know, this is a special nurse. After that, she married one of our members from my community and moved to my community and became our nurse. And I proudly say our nurse. Helped many people in my community. I remember once when I turned to Rosie was, um, because of my grandmother and... Um, you heard me in podcasts talk about my granny. And she got sick and uh, was hurting. Like I go visit her and then I seen her and she wouldn't get out of bed. Mom, I talked to her. I'll take you to the doctor. No, no, son, I'll be okay. But I could see she's hurting. So I go get my sleeping bag and I sleep on the floor beside my granny's bed. I'm so worried about her. And I tried to talk her into going to the doctor and she wouldn't go. So finally I think, oh, I better go get Rosie, the nurse. So I jump in my vehicle and I go to Rosie's house. It's not even office hours or anything. And I go in and I tell her, Rosie, my granny's really sick. Can you come and see her? Oh, of course. Gets her little doctor's bag. She's a community health nurse. So I call it a doctor's bag. <laughs> and a, you know, a thermometer and different, you know, stethoscope and stuff in there. So I take her to see my granny. First thing I hear, oh, and Rosie says to my granny, oh, I'm She's saying, how are you doing, granny? Then they get into a conversation in our language. And my granny's talking to Rosie and pointing to her body. So they're talking, and 
Rosie comes over to me and she says, yes, she's not doing well, Jerry. She has to go see the doctor and she's going to end up in the hospital. Oh, okay. And she says, she'll, she'll go. You take her. I says, okay. So I take my granny to the emerge. Sure enough, she ends up in the hospital and has to have an operation. So Rosie saved my granny. And when I was thinking of honoring nurses, I thought about Rosie. And it's after that then I started to think about Rosie Casper, the registered nurse, her sister and brother nurses. Because that's what we're going to honor, the ones that are working today, and I wanted to include the retired ones. So I thought about, uh, okay, what can I say to honor these nurses? So, of course, then I think about what they do. They answer the call to help people that are suffering from illness or from broken bones. You know, everything that goes on with the body, those nurses are there. So I started to think about their work and what they do every day that they go to work. And I thought about these times of the virus. And I thought of those nurses all over this country walking out their door, walking into the clinics, into the hospitals. And I heard people calling them essential workers. I said, no other warriors. They're walking into danger. And that's what they want to do. Their gift is to help people. And my respect kept rising like a thermometer as I thought about their work and this virus how we're all afraid of it. You know, and I was, as this virus has been going on, you know, I've been lifted up by different, different events. Like after I've been at home for two months, you know, and I get depressed, I get the coronavirus blues, you know, and I, I want to go out, I want to do things, feel sorry for myself and stuff. So when I started thinking about the nurses, it gave me a different perspective that I'm okay at home. Yes, I get lonely. Yes, I get worried. Yes, you know, as, as we all do. When I thought about the nurses and what they do, you know, that perspective of honoring and respect, respecting and appreciation kept going up. 
you know, that it's a wonderful gift that they have. Because I do say that I've been told, you know, that the meaning of life is to find our gift and to use it to help the people. And that's what the nurses are doing. I've seen pictures of them on TV and the news and newspapers wearing their masks and their visors and their gloves and their gowns doing the work. The ones in the hospitals and the ones in the clinics too. We're all wearing masks now and visors. But they're going right into like I imagine like into a forest fire fighting to save lives to help people to be comfortable in their suffering so we all need to give a big shout out a big acknowledgement of the nurses and, you know, after this, and carry on with that. Either one of us, any one of us, ends up in a hospital or a clinic. Who's going to be there? The nurse. Who's going to check our temperature, our blood pressure, our lungs? Every day but the nurse. That's who's going to do it. So it's been a big reminder to me, and I uh, and I love that teaching from the nurses. And after I was thinking about the nurses, I think about their children. You know, they have teenagers, and some of them got babies and toddlers. Tweens, adult children. I said, they must worry too. But I saw they must, they must have this sense of pride too. Yeah, my mom, my dad's a nurse. You know, so I thought about them and the spouses. I thought about my wife if she had to walk out the door every day to go to the hospital. How would I feel? What kind of worries would I have? Same with the siblings, brothers and sisters of nurses, parents, grandparents. They must have these feelings. So I said, let's send them and let's send them love too. I imagine sending the nurses and their families covering them all with a blanket. The blanket's a shield, protects people from negativity, traps love to them, so they'll keep their strength and maintain their strength and their health. And that's what I was thinking of as I was thinking of the families of the nurses. You know that that fear of this virus. We all feel it. 
they feel it. I don't know how many of us have um, actually done that. You know, to unwillingly go there. I felt fear in my life. And I was thinking of this honoring the nurses. One of my experiences come up and I was thinking about fear and my own fear. I was the chief of my community in, um, in the 70s. And in those times, you know, in an isolated community, the chief was called to everything that happened. A fight, you know, um, somebody's house gets broken into, you know, anything that happens, we, we get called there. And one night, in the middle of one night, I got a, what they call a gun call. Someone said, so-and-so's got a rifle, and he's threatening people, threatening himself, and of course, there's alcohol involved, and um, so I get off and I go, get in my vehicle to drive to this house. Of course, my mind, I'm afraid, sitting in my car, I don't want to go start my car and I start driving and I'm driving really slow, you know, in first gear, I got a standard vehicle, you know, and I'm just crawling along because I didn't want to go. I didn't want to face what could be there. So I'm driving and my breathing starts, you know, it's shallow and then starting to feel panicky. So I was taking karate at the time, and a sensei was trying, was teaching us about breathing. If we ever get into a fight, you know, he says, you got to breathe. You know, no, don't hyperventilate, don't breathe too shallow, you got to breathe just right. So we're doing um, katas and stuff, and he says, okay, I want to hear you breathe. So we take a deep breath in. When you exhale, I want to hear you go, Sst. So we're all doing that together when he counts, because the Japanese style of karate, itch. We, knee. So there we all breathing together, and he could hear us. And he's watching us, and he says, right down to your tummy. So I started breathing like a driving to this house. You know, trying to calm myself down. And I get there, finally, and the house is black, no lights on. And I get out of my vehicle and I'm standing by the door, seems like forever, wondering what to do, wondering what I'll see, what's in there. So I'm standing there and I say, well, put my hand on the doorknob and turn it. And it turns, push and the door opens. It's black in the house. And the reserve, there was no street lights or anything, you know, so it's, it's black, it's black. 
So I'm in there and I'm feeling in the wall for the light switch. Find the light switch, turn on the light. And there's nobody around. I can't see anybody. So I walk in farther than I see these feet sticking out over there and I go over. And the man they called me about was sleeping on that beanbag he passed out. And the relief that come over me, the fear that I felt all that time. And I thought, that's what I was thinking of when I was thinking of the nurses doing this every day. And the thermometer of honor kept going up higher and higher. You know, so we must honor these nurses today and tomorrow and forever after. As if any one of us get hurt or get sick, when we go to the hospitals and the clinics, the nurses are going to take care of us. So that's my little um, talk about honoring the nurses. (laughs) 